Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Yes, the Women in Tech podcast Puma Collection is now live and available at shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com. Make sure to send us a confirmation of your order because we have something extra special, a little surprise for you. Reach out to us on any of the social handles at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and we will make sure to get you the extra special surprise. The hoodies and fleeces are so sick. You guys voted on them, decided which ones we should roll with, and I absolutely love it. Check out the photos that we have on the site, shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com. Understand your market. Find out what people are actually buying that's relevant to what you can bring. Find your customers first and then finish your product. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, my name is Samantha, and I'm a visibility strategist at Samantha Diane CO. I've just started listening to the Women in Tech podcast recently, and with each episode, I feel a sense of empowerment, inspiration. I really enjoy hearing the stories of women from all around the world who are innovating and who are leading in an industry that's typically thought of to be male-dominated. I can always count on the Women in Tech podcast to give me that little bit of inspiration that I need to push myself just a little bit further. You can connect with me on Instagram at samanthadiane.co. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Today's personal spot is, am I taking advantage of all the amazingness around me? It's really weird. I've been going to the beach lately every morning to work out. And, you know, this is all crazy in the pandemic that we live in. And sorry for the for the noise. Like, I'm outside, so that's what happens. There's noise. I've been thinking a lot as I've been going to the beach. Why haven't I been going to the beach this whole time? And it's always because I feel so stressed. There's so much going on. It's so busy. There's so this and so that. And I can't believe I haven't been taking advantage of this of life 
of this amazing resource that we have like here in LA and just life and whatever resource you have around you, whether you live in, in the mountains or you live in the city, wherever you are, whether you live in the suburbs or you live in the metro area, there's just always opportunities and resource around us to take advantage of. And I feel like we get so lost in our workaholic ways that we don't take advantage of the cool opportunities around us. So just today, take a minute, figure out if there's something that you really love that you've always wanted to be doing more regularly, but you don't because you feel like there's just not enough time. And then kind of revisit that and ask yourself, is that really a true statement? Or are you just not making time? Because for me, I just haven't been making time. I could totally set better boundaries around my day to make sure that I can go to the beach. Today was a 6.30 a.m. day and, you know, just days of intention, so much more calming than any way else. All right, enjoy the next episode, and I hope you didn't mind all the sound behind me. Bye. the Women in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest. I was begging her to come on the show. No joke. I want to welcome Margaret. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Margaret, I am so excited. So excited that this is your first podcast and so excited to hear about your journey into technology. To kick things off, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, Margaret Chalk. I'm uh, sort of a guide to cyberspace at this point. Uh, I've I've been in it for a long time. I've got a doctorate in computer science, so I have a basic understanding of how it works. And I've also been certified as a management consultant by the Institute of Management Consultants, so I can sort of explain to other people how to make it work if that makes sense. Yeah. Would you say that that's your superpower to be able to simplify complicated languages? That's part of it. Being able to decipher what's going on in the first place and then make use of it. And when did you first have that affinity for technology? When was that an industry that attracted to you? What was that first moment? Well, actually, it was um, an advanced archaeology class. The professor told us about a study that had been done using a computer studying uh, broken pots and being able to figure out um, from the statistics of how the distribution of the pots over time showed the changes in social patterns. So I thought that was really neat. So I sort of abandoned archaeology at that point and took off after computers. And what phase of your life were you in then? Was that college that was at high school? My senior year in college. Oh, senior year. So it was quite like later in the stage. And then where did you go from there to pursue a career in technology? Or maybe at the time, even just an interest in technology? First, I tried to get a, a technology job. But at that time... The employment agencies had blue cards and they had pink cards. I wanted the jobs that were on the blue cards, but they kept insisting that I fill out the pink cards instead. So I went back and got a second degree in math, tried to get a job again and had a little more success. 
So having the degree in math, like gave them the space to be like, okay, you could have the blue card. No, but um, I, I guess there were other ways of looking for jobs. And uh, I did finally find one where I could go directly to the company. Were you one of the few women in your class at that time? No, there were there were some women that wanted to be math teachers. But as far as the engineering part, no, that, that was pretty rare that anybody wanted any women were trying to get into that. Do you remember who your hero was then or someone you looked up to to make you feel like this is possible? One of the core reasons I produce this show is showing people what's possible. So they see examples. I believe that if we believe ourselves in something, it it allows more space to be able to achieve that thing. So when I see someone else achieve something, I'm like, well, if they could do it, so can I. Was there someone that you looked up to then that was your example of what's possible? Not really. I knew there were women in in technical fields. I think I was probably not aware that it was that unusual for women to be in technology. Well, engineering was for boys, but computers were a bit different. So I just sort of gradually started realizing that I my my mentality was an engineer's. So funny. I feel like in that way, we have a lot in common. I had no idea that the tech world wasn't one that I was supposed to be in until way after I'd built like the first action sports social network. And stuff. I'm like, oh, I didn't get the memo. I just was doing things that I found interesting. <laughs> I think it was the, the location partly. The, uh, I was in Santa Barbara, which I guess is a more conservative city. So you know, I finally really got going in, in Los Angeles, where I found a firm where I guess the star programmer was a, a woman. It was a fairly equal number of people, both sexes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And and where did you go in your career from there? What was the first time you realized, yes, this is so cool. I'm living my dream. Starting at that company in Los Angeles turned out really well. I got a little bit of extra training, but then they immediately sent me out as um, a business programmer instead of a technical programmer. It was at JPL, but you know, I was doing I was doing the wrong sort of uh, computer work at that point. Eventually, I I threw up my hands and went back to school to get real, honest to goodness computer training. What aspect of it did you feel the most connected to? Was it the creativity in numbers? Was it machinery? What element of technology was drawing you in? I think the, just being able to organize information. You got all this uh, mess of data, and if you fiddled with it using a computer, you could get real information out. I think that's what I most enjoyed connecting the data to the real world. And where did you go after you went back to school to study further? And then what happened? Well, then during my uh, doctoral work, I developed a really terrific computer program that did all sorts of things that other people's software couldn't do. So I figured I could be, um, I could sell it. I could be a software company. So uh, cool. There were personal computers available by then. So I could 
I, I figured I could, do, between me and the computer, I could run a business all by myself, not knowing any better. So what happened? You're only leaving me well, in suspense over here. <laughs> I tried to um, sell the software for a, a few years, but I gradually learned enough about business to understand that there simply weren't enough people in the world who could afford to buy enough of the software to support even my own salary. So I, I drifted more into consulting with other people on technical problems. Did I hear you correctly that there weren't enough people in the world at the time that could afford to buy your type of software? Did I understand that? It would really only be people doing university research. I almost made a sale to an oil company, but they apparently had other options that were more directly available. It's just the, the type of complicated problem I had in mind would only be a very few people doing research and they just wouldn't have enough money in the budgets to pay enough, you know, when I put them all together to be able to um, support myself. The world was not ready for, um, for what I built, essentially. That, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that you were ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an old engineering problem. Uh, I guess engineers in, in business very often they have a, a terrific solution to a problem that doesn't really exist. They wind up banging their heads against the, the wall, trying to find somebody that needs it. I'm curious, was that your first bout of entrepreneurship? Oh, yes. And then do you identify now as an entrepreneur or as an engineer? I'm really more of an entrepreneur because I'm no longer doing so much of the, the technical Part of it, I'm more working with um, on a business management level, being able to take the technology and adapt it. That I would normally be, you know, if it wasn't something that was already prepackaged, I would be working with the technical people to get it to work. And your passion now is cyberspace. Tell us more. Dive me in. Dive me into the world of cyberspace. Where did that start? What does that word even mean to you, to us? What should it mean to us? Tell us all the things. Well, actually, I just came up with that term in the last few months. I've always had trouble explaining what I, I would do. Just the whole universe of things that you can do using computers and related technology. I have a very sloppy background. I've worked in, in all aspects of it at all levels. I'm not well focused in my practice. So threw up my hands and say, okay, what I know is cyberspace in general. And so if somebody has a particular problem, I can usually narrow it down to um, what particular areas of technology are are available to attack problems like that. And so that everybody listening has context, what do people hire you for now? Like who is your target client, customer? I've really, in the last several years, it's been two areas. One is working on as an, an expert witness consultant. So somebody's uh, somebody is suing their software developer or the software developer is suing the client, digging into the projects, finding out what went wrong, 
or somebody stole some data, finding out where that came from, where they got at it and when. I decided I'm really not that interested in that area anymore. So I'm focusing more on the other aspect where I've gone into very small companies, essentially been the um, maybe the CIO or maybe the whole computer department, help them get things sorted out until they're ready to hire technical staff on a permanent basis. I love how you're like investigative technology just got a little bit boring for me. So, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I tended to feel too sorry for the other side in, in a lot of those cases. The true you torture know. of an empath. <laughs> yes, no. I understand it very well. <laughs> and one of my favorite questions to ask is, it, throughout your career, what's one huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Well, basically going into business without having the slightest idea what I was doing. I belong to technical societies and there I met people who were in consulting societies. So I started attending those meetings and hearing lectures about business as it applied to uh, to consultants or technical people. And, you know, through the, the various speakers, I started figuring out what it was that I didn't know and needed to know and figuring out that I was definitely trying to do the wrong thing as far as my business was concerned. So many people shift their careers several times. Do you think there at any point, especially with technology, People feel like it's just escaping them, you know, all the time. And here you are like staying at the top of your game consistently. Do you feel that it's ever too late to get involved? Like what advice would you give everybody listening that is listening because they want to get into the tech, but they're just afraid they just don't know the world. They don't even know where to get started. And is it too late? If they want technology as, as a career, then, you know, formal University education is, is a good idea. Get the, the technical classes or look for certification programs. I think that might be a good way to, to start. Choose an area that's popular. Start working on a certification in that area. Find out what pieces of the background for it are missing. Go back and learn the technology that they need to bring back to that area they're focusing on. Yeah, I, I would say that that's probably the fastest way to get into it. And my other favorite question that I ask everybody, I ask them two. There's a, this is like a two-parter. One is, this is the easier one, is what piece of advice have you gotten that's really stuck out with you in your career? Understand your market. Find out what people are actually buying that's relevant to what you can bring. Find your customers first and then finish your product. 100%. Totally agree with that. Okay, mm -hmm. here's the harder one is, what advice would you give yourself just after high school or just after college, one or the other? The best advice after, after college was uh, start job hunting in, in Los Angeles, not Santa Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
Awesome. The other is, you know, being that I'm from LA, I really appreciate that. If you're going into business, then study a little bit about business before you try to launch yourself. Why would you give yourself that advice? Like, what do you think that you would get out of business school that would help you, I guess, avoid some pitfalls? Not even necessarily business school, maybe even just some basic business classes. Or now there are the uh, a lot of incubators for new business where you can get the, the proper advice. But just learn what you can do with your technology before wasting your time going out and waving it around and not getting anywhere. Totally. Okay, three last questions. Ready? One, your favorite piece of tech can be an app, can be a piece of hardware, any piece of tech that's your favorite. That's easy. That's the one I built. It was a beautiful system. Totally obsolete now, but I really loved it. Talk about it more. Talk about it more. Sort of a kludge between image processing system and a, a geographic information system, a computer mapping system. Uh, plus a little bit of the modeling systems that I'd learned in in school. You know, you could put together all sorts of geographic information, maps and census tracts and city boundaries, and then you know, throw in satellite photographs of the area and be able to do all sorts of different types of calculations on that, that whole collection. I could compete with JPL on some areas, J- you know, people at JPL admitted that. So cool. I know I said this at the beginning when we started the interview, but I just feel like it is the biggest gift on the planet that I get to celebrate your story. It's just, I can't believe I get to be the first person that you're on a podcast with. I just think it's so cool. (laughs) All right. My last two questions. This is an easy one. I think might be hard, but I don't think it will be is favorite book that you've read. Well, of course, my favorite is the one I just wrote, which is Information Technology Management for Little Companies. And other than that, I read a lot of science fiction and murder mysteries. Where can we find your book? It's on Amazon. Can you tell us the title one more time? It gets kind of long. It's IT Management for Little Companies. And then the subtitle is from one person shops to just too small to have information technology staff. And you guys can also search for Margaret on Amazon by her name, I'm sure. If you just search M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T, last name C-H-O-C-K, you can find her both on Amazon for her book and also, uh, are you comfortable with LinkedIn, Margaret? I'm on LinkedIn. I, I don't quite relate to it all that much. But Well, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to reach out and say hello? Oh, um, through my website, I think. Cool. And is your website your, your first last name? Yeah, it's mibchalk.com. M-I-B-C-H-O-C-K.com. Right. Margaret, 
Thank you so much. And everybody will include it in the show notes as well. Margaret, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, be sure to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hi, and thank you. I'm Margaret Chalk, principal of MIB Chalk, LLC. Find me at mibchalk.com. I'm sort of a guide to cyberspace. I help people find the technology they need for their organization and help them um, get it to work for them. I'm in Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Anna Freeberg. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.